This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Yes? Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly devil. Welcome to THN Cover to Cover. We do it live every Saturday on the Facebook Live. Saturday mornings from 1130 Central Standard Time to 1230 Central Standard Time. Asterix, sometimes it go longer. What can you do, right? And sometimes we don't go at all. It's true. Like next week. Sorry. Spoiler alert. What's that about? Next Saturday is my birthday, and my family has plans. Nobody cares. Then do the and show your on your own. family doesn't like you. No, they do. Yeah, it'll just be me and you guys. What do you say? You All can right. do the show. I'm in. 402-819-4894 is how you play along, okay? If you can't call in live, you can leave a message there. It's a Google phone line with a little answering service, just like back in the day. There's a little box in the ziggurat. It turns on, and it's got the tape. And it's like, believe it or not, Joe and Matt are not home. And you just like leave your message afterwards, right? <laughs> you can also send an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com if you know you live across the pond, you don't have a cell phone or whatever. Maybe yeah. you're a cave person yeah. that can record MP3s. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> right. Before we get started here, Joe Patrick. A, fu- a, a future cave person. A future cave yeah, person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you hit us with the current question of the week? I will. Uh, this week's question was submitted by Black Scorpion the Three via the THN forums. Gotta love that guy. We've talked about what our first comics were, but not our first comic shops. What was your first comic shop experience? First comic shop experience. I love it. The calls are already coming in. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who be this? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hi. Yes. Hey, <laughs> what is happening? Not a lot. I just heard caller, and then, and then it blacked out. So oh, sorry about hopefully that. Hopefully, I'll have a bad connection. But how are things going? Good. I'm not listening a lot right now, so I apologize. That's okay. That's okay. Can you hear us both? All right. <laughs> th- 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 things are good. I can hear you. You can hear me. We're good. Okay. And, hey, uh, all right. Uh, We're doing it. I, I have. I haven't heard any of the Comic-Con special yet, but uh, I did have a thing or two to say about First Comic Shops. Let's hear about it. <laughs> so, when you were a kid, do you remember when your parents would take you to the store and how bored you would be, and you'd sit, or you trying to hide inside the clothes racks and yeah. stuff, or come up with things to do? I would hide inside uh, the clothes I racks, think- and I would read comics. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the comic shop was the first store I went to where I didn't feel that way. So my, my first comic shop was in Canton, Ohio, and it was uh, in 1984, I think, and it was in downtown Canton, Ohio, which was getting run down by, by that point, and it was right next to a vacuum cleaner repair shop. Uh, so it was all, like, long tables, and the, the whole place was about three, uh, what would you say, maybe like 14 feet wide, I would bet. Okay. Uh, um, so very narrow. They had uh, lots of long boxes on the front, uh, two-thirds of the store, and then the rest was, like, the, the the new stuff. And it wasn't all a wall or anything. They just have them laid out on these long tables. Oh, my God. And uh, there, there weren't uh, superhero toys everywhere back then. So, like, now I feel like Diamond just gives all these retailers lots of uh, closeout deals, so everybody litters their 
walls with toys. Yeah. But it wasn't the case then. It was basically like you could get some Star Trek toys um, and, and maybe some of the Mego stuff, but, but that's it. And uh, everything else was newspaper clippings of whenever a comic book was mentioned in, 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 uh, <laughs> in regular news. So they'd be like, Superman, remember that movie? <laughs> or, uh, but uh, the, the, the um, issues were all bagged, not boarded yet. Uh, I think bags and boards. I don't remember when that became a standard, but I bet that was probably '88 when everything was bags yeah, and like boarded. Yeah, bags but, was a thing, but it wasn't. I don't think boards really became a thing. I bet you're right until like late '80s, because I remember way back in the day, everything was just bagged. Nobody, I, I remember yeah, yeah. back issues being bagged and boarded when I first. See, nobody boarded shit when I was like really young. I remember, and we'll get into my story later, but I remember, yeah, everything was just bagged. Like nobody spent the money on boards. I think it's probably just comic yeah. shop owners were too cheap. At the time, and, and, and the bags were like super thick, yeah. So they, they were kind of like grayed and, and and yellowed a little bit, which yeah. makes you wonder, like, oh, it's bagged and it's still yelling. What's going on? Um, <laughs> uh, but it was it was uh, grimier settings, I think, than than all the shops I've been to today. There were no teens on the scene. It happened to be like, you know, forty and fifty year old men for the most part back yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> The shop owner was happy to see me and my brother there. It's really bizarre how things have changed, right? Or like actually come back around almost. Where for a while there in the 90s, comic shops were full of brats. There were kids everywhere. Yeah. You know, and now uh, we're like, now it's back to like the men's country club, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> totally. Right? Oh, it's yeah. just like a country club for nerds, you know? <laughs> yeah. The, the second comic shop I went to was probably the first time I ever saw like superhero t-shirts before it was bizarre i was like oh ghost rider and punisher what's going on there's t-shirts of these guys this is so bizarre so I, I had only seen superhero t-shirts on uh like uh in the back of comics where you could order yeah. them mm-hmm. you couldn't go to target and just like pick up a oh gosh no yeah a fantastic four no. t-shirt a batman t-shirt no, no way no 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 well i i didn't see a target until uh career opportunities was that what it was that that one movie with uh where they're stuck in the Target overnight. Oh, yeah. Oh, never mind. Yeah, Jennifer yeah. <laughs> Connelly? Yeah. That was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was young, yeah. free boo job, Jennifer Connelly. And yeah. a young Matt Bomb. <laughs> oh, he melted. <laughs> we're, we're dating ourselves here. Yeah, but uh, those were interesting times. I mean, uh, comics felt underground and kind of niche. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, uh, Things are different. I don't think they're going back anytime. No. Um, I, I think things are better. I'm, I'm the genie's out of the bottle, baby. Things the, are better. The nerds have inherited the earth. Yeah, things are better. We've gone from the weird, like, stinky, you know, boys' locker room with a few folding tables and comics out on them to, like, a welcoming, well-lit, you know, family environment, yeah. if you will. I, and, you know, and I was a grown-ass adult before I felt comfortable talking about my comic book fandom oh, yeah. to normal yeah screw all you nerds like, I, today i, like, I actively hid it from my cool. friends in high school totally yeah. i was like my punk rock friends even like it was like no way man all i do is sit around and like smoke weed and listen to death metal and then i would secretly like read my wolverine my marvel comics presents wolverine you know <laughs> all right black scorpion thank you for your answer that was a wonderful trip down memory lane yes we have just horribly dated well, ourselves uh, you're wretchedly yeah, old just like us it's <laughs> disgusting but we love you Take care. Have a good one. The phone lines are open. Let's just get right into it because I want to set up Hawks. 
I want to talk about House of X. Okay. Because we didn't have much time to review it on the show because there was so we much news. But oh, so much news. Kirkman's new X Men. Hickman. Pardon me, Kirkman. Hickman's new X Men relaunch has begun. Kirkman's new X Men is a way different experience, and people are freaking out. And. Not everybody loves it, and I would love to hear from some people that don't, because we kind of gushed over it. Thank who, you for calling. Who doesn't love it? Cover to cover. Who this? Hey, guys. It's Frank from uh, New York. Hey, hey Frank, Frank. What up, Frank? How you doing, brother? How you guys doing? Good. Oh, doing good, man. Doing good. Thank you for the uh, birthday we... wishes, Frank. Oh, no problem. Hey, I just want to, uh, well, you know. Frank. Uh, You're fading in and out of the phantom zone, Frank. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Frank, are you on are you oh, on man. Wi-Fi or are you on L- close to the window? Are you on LTE? Oh, I'm on my cell phone because I don't have a landline. Okay. You hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, much yeah. better. You're better that's now, much yeah. better. Okay, you right, want to cool. talk about your first right, comic cool. shop. So my, my first shop, my first comic shop was a place called the Bat Cave. Um, who who incidentally were um constantly sued by Warner Brothers to <laughs> change the name. Why? What's and the went, problem? <laughs> I wonder why. Um, yeah, it was the first place I ever I ever went to. Welcome but to I went Star to Wars. Wars. Oh, Your mind was blown. <laughs> um, my second shop was a place in uh in a place called in Village of Babylon where I used to live on Long Island, where it was this little teeny tiny about seven foot wide place about about fifteen or twenty feet long one side. All long boxes, the other side, all racks. Guy ran it was named his name was Larry. And this guy had this guy had like all it was the greatest little comic shop I ever I had ever been to. And that was like my favorite place to go and hang out. And then he moved into a bigger shop and yeah, he was a little bit better. And then then it became like, you know, all our all my friends hanging out in the comic shop and it was yeah. like, you know, Wednesday nights was like uh, you know, like Matt said was saying, the gentleman's club, you know, at the uh totally. at the comic shop. Sure. Totally. Kind of fun. But yeah, I just wanted to get my two cents in today. Very <laughs> cool. Yeah, appreciate Frank, that. That is Frank. awesome. I love. I love yeah. this. This is old school comic book store memories. This is great. I'm gonna, oh yeah, I'm going to tear up. It's, a little and there's bit. a certain smell to them too. That you oh know, yeah, you know, yeah. It's really yeah. Mm-hmm. You walk in like oh yeah, those it, old comic. It's books. a smell it's that I remember, them. but then I also like don't need to smell again. You know. Oh <laughs> no, I love to this day. I love old paper. No, I'm not like, talking about the old paper. I love walking in old paper and cat pee. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't mean like. I don't mean like. Comic old, fan must old paper and bo, you know. <laughs> but yes. like, I love a comic shop smell. I love oh, the yeah. smell of newsprint. Totally. totally. Uh, and yeah. and that will never change. And as modern comics get farther and farther away, it's gonna start fading. Yeah. As back issues become I less know. and less of a thing. Yeah, you can't even huff like the quarter bin like you used to anymore. It's I know, full, right? It's full of new <laughs> crap. Bin, you know? Nice one. Bullshit. <laughs> Frank, thanks for calling, buddy. You have a good one. Okay. All right, guys. See have you, a Frank. good one. Uh, we got some. We got a couple good stories in the chat already. Okay. Uh, Corey Michael says, uh, "Where'd it go?" My first comic shop experience was riding my bike to Star Realm on 84th Street in Omaha and seeing the blue foil cover of Volume One of X Men 2099. Yeah, dude, a magical experience. That guy's got a brand and he sticks to it. Yeah, well, I can't help it. I don't yeah. know if he's like signed a deal. Or something like, sorry, I'd sign that, but I can only sign Marvel 2099 <laughs> book. <laughs> uh, he goes on to say, my favorite my favorite comic book store experience was walking into Legend Comics and Coffee for D&D night and seeing Wooly Toots for the first time. Aww. He was surrounded by a golden halo and his sideburns were giving Burt Reynolds mustache a run for its money. <laughs> that's, uh, that's yeah, that's, that's Corey's brand. Toots. And X-Men 2099. That's adorable. Uh, John Littrell says, my first regular shop was run by a guy who set it on fire for the insurance money. <laughs> it's the same place I met Aaron and Jeremy. Uh, those are our friends in Cedar Rapids, our Marion, Iowa. Aaron owns Alter Ego Comics. Right. Uh, Jeremy is also known as Superfro33 from the Signed In Podcast. 
they slapped stickers on and partially filled up a box with terrible comics that we were getting his buddy as a gift. Oh, How sweet. That's fun. That's fun. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who dis? It's the nitpicker. Hey, hey all right. Bobby! I made it. How you been, you brother? It. I finally did. Uh, I'm good. How have you guys been? Good. Good. You sound like you're frothing at the mouth, though. Are you ready to, like, really pick some nits on something? What's going uh, on here? You know, I'm trying to think of it. I saw Far From Home. Okay. I don't have too many nits. I mean, I think it was just a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because my nitpick is I didn't love it. Okay. I mean, that's that's, you know, whatever. That seems like a little bit yeah. more than a nit. Yeah, that's a, that might be a personal <laughs> issue, Bob. I you mean, <laughs> if you really use, my main nitpick with it is, so the bad guys make those machines to, you know, make the holograms or whatever. Right. And it's like, oh, they look just like the ones that Tony Stark made. Like, identical. Well, he, well, he worked for Stark, right? That was the deal. Yeah. He worked yeah, I mean, for, they all, like, conglomer, like, work together and, like, put all their little inputs into it. And then Tony Stark gives it to Spider-Man. They're the exact same thing. Well, he created it. Mysterio's team like helped create that, and Tony Stark took it and made it like the, the thing in the satellite or whatever. But like he like yeah, created it. But like they had all the resources and everything that he had. Well, you like, know. God. I mean, yeah. yeah. Again, I mean, it's, fair it's enough. Whatever. Little, yeah. Well, I mean, that's like, just the, like the littlest thing to take. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, where are these bad guys getting the money well, for this? But also, like, it's like <laughs> it is the inherent. It's the inherent flaw baked into all supervillain stories right. that have inventions. It's like. How much better would you be doing if you sold that invention to the government? Sure. Used it to start your own yeah, company. Right. Instead, you're building drones and attacking high school right. students. Yeah, <laughs> like, I would, like I would love to go to a like stockholders meeting for Cobra sometime. And then and you be like, see like 20 in the background just floating there. And it's like, why are they shooting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you, uh, you've essentially created the best special effects company on the planet. Why aren't you running to Hollywood? Because <laughs> he wants to be a superhero. It's a no, he doesn't want to be a superhero. He wants to be, he wants, to he be wants the, power. The superhero. Yeah, but it wasn't about helping people. It's that he wanted people to give him power. Yeah, because he's an egomaniac. He's a yeah. bad guy. You know. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. I mean, it, it, was, it was an okay movie. Well, good. Uh, I, I thought have you guys seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? How was it? Oh my god, best movie of the year. Yeah, I'm oh, going wow. either oh god, later today incredible. or tomorrow, and I'm very excited. I haven't seen yeah, a Tarantino yeah. movie in theaters since Kill Bill 2. Oh, I've seen everyone. So, no, this is theaters. the one to see. Everyone. I, I simply adore Tarantino. Mm. Oh, yeah. Love how he makes movies. And, then, and I love the Charles Manson mythos. The Picard trailer? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, the we Picard got all, trailer. We got all jiggly about Picard last week. <laughs> okay. It, it kicked me right in the emotions. <laughs> Do you know if it takes place in the Kelvin timeline? Somebody told me that it takes place in the Kelvin timeline. The, the like rumor is, so. rumor is it is going to bridge some aspects of the J.J. Abrams and the old I school. have not heard any of these rumors. Yes. Picard takes place in the next generation timeline, same as Discovery. But I, okay. That's what I would think. But I think yeah. there's something that's going to, like, who, Picard who remembers came up something. with that cockamamie idea? They were talking about it on Sci-Fi Wire or whatever, and, like, uh... That's just people well, the creators spitballing. Had nobody dropped, knows anything. Yeah, nobody knows anything, but the yeah. creators had, like, said, dropped like, some data hints. going to be data, not B4. I so. hope that's true. That was our concern. B4. That yeah. was his name. That yeah. Was like, in the interview with Brent Spiner, I guess he says that. But then, you're... Maybe the movies take place in the Kelvin timeline. I guess that would be an answer for that. What uh, the new movies? Maybe. Wait, which movies? Like the old, the next, next generation, generation movies? movies? No, like 
If the, you want Data to be alive still? The only movies that take place in the Kelvin timeline are the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. Right. Yeah, but I'm saying like to have Data still in it. Well, I mean, it's, it's been 20 years, right? They had a Data body. Right. And I think they had his memories. I think they were just, I think they'll probably just hand wave it away and say, like, we fixed him. Or it was downloaded somewhere. Yeah. You know I mean? I Come know. on. But like, like, I have my original iPod with like, <laughs> you know, with music still on it. So I find it hard to believe. Like, yeah. well, I don't know. In the future, we just fucking lost it. You know, data's gone. Like <laughs> the, the cloud in the twenty third century yeah. isn't like this all encompassing universe wide. It's full. It's just full. It's full. That data like, stuff you had to get farted out. Nothing. It's just a full of dick pics. Like we act. You think it's bad now? Sorry, universe. You wow. wanted to take pictures of your dicks. <laughs> like, great. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, always good to talk to you, man. We got the phone lines are blowing up here. So I'm going to let right, you go. All right, you guys. You get to those other guys. All right. You have Thank a good one. Home. Bye, Bobby. Good talking to you. I still want to talk hawks and pox. Hawks pox. And I want to talk about it with you guys. Now, it's not that people are upset. I think everybody kind of universally liked House of X. But some of the questions, like I was talking to Ryan Forrest, our consigliere. And he was like, what is the timeline on this? Just when, say lawyer. When is, because consigliere sounds so much cooler. That We're means, not in the mafia, man. Yeah, but he's our fixer, too. He's not just our lawyer. That is true. He is our fixer. He's our fixer. Well, let's call him our fixer, then. That's what the consigliere does. That's a polite term for fixer. You You're don't go around Italian. He's a fixer. You know, no, you don't say that. Come on. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? JD got a catch. JD. Hello. How are you, brother? I'm Hello, good. JD. I don't know why we got all solemn when you called in. We're like, JD. whoa, JD's here. Everybody chill out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need you all to dial it way back. What do you want to rap about today, buddy? Well, I violated the Lake House lease agreement okay. and bought House of X day and date. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Oh, fuck How yeah. do you feel? What do you think? Uh, all right. So right off the bat, I just want to say, I said it on social media, Hickman just shook the Etch-A-Sketch. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And like that opening segment where they're they're like six months ago and you see a hand planting something and they're like two months ago and you see another hand planting and it's obviously like one of them is Colossus's hand. Someone else is somebody in a glove. It's Colossus, Nightcrawler. Is Nightcrawler one of them? Storm. I recognize Kitty. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then they're Ice like Man, yeah. today, boom, plant craziness all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, even before that, with like what was what was up with like the 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 the, the birthing pods. Yeah. Oh, wait, stop. Pause. Okay. For those of you listening. Spoilers. There are going to be spoilers for <laughs> yeah. House of X number Massive one. Massive spoilers. Um, nothing concrete because nobody knows what the fuck right. is happening. I, I don't know if we could spoil this. Yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah, yes, we exactly. can spoil. Yes. I'm still not fully sure talk what's going on. Plot so I don't elements. know how I would spoil it. Uh, yeah. I. So. Is it a spoiler? Magneto's wearing white? I don't know. <laughs> it's on the cover. <laughs> Uh, so there, are, there is a lot of debate in this group I'm in online about what's going on with the birthing pods and Xavier. And the prevailing theory is that all the characters that we are seeing right now are not the real X-Men. What? That they're not the X-Men. That would be they're so They're pod Hickman. people. That would be so Hickman. I yeah. would hate that. That would be so that, Hickman, I though. want this to be status quo. I yes, want this to but be. But, I mean, this is chapter one in a 12-part weekly story. That also doesn't mean that the True. real X-Men aren't going to come and kill the pod people. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, like, there's, there, they make, Hickman spells it out, like, in graph after graph. This is what's going on in Krakoa. Right. This is what Krakoa can do. Hickman loves Stats and yes. crafts, man. And I the, love it. No, these yeah, are the six it. different plants. Three of them make drugs for humans. Three of them make things for mutants. Right. One of the things that the plants make for mutants 
is like a tumor space right. on Krakoa that well, Krakoa right, cannot detect. Right. So I yeah. think that Xavier has this tumor cave in Krakoa where he is growing pod people. They people also think that Xavier's not Xavier because he looks just like the maker. Yeah. Which is the yeah. evil Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe. Okay. Adam Wednesday yep. in our chat is saying, Hawks and Pox is foreshadowing for the return of the Ultimate Universe in some capacity. Oh. Look at the speech the bubbles. Speech bubbles. The speech bubbles. Yeah. yeah it's using <laughs> Ultimate Universe lettering. That's true. Yep. It does. I will the, say that character. Lowercase. I need to go back and look or at other Hickman books. Do they ever refer to the character in the helmet as Professor X? They refer to him as, yeah. as Xavier. Yes, they do. Yeah. Do they call him Professor? Yeah, when X? when when, Mar when Marvel yes. Girl or do they call him when Marvel Xavier? Girl brings the kids to the island? They go, look, there's 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 Professor there's there's Professor Xavier. Can we go talk to him? Yeah, look, there's so, Professor uh, Xavier over there with that hairy guy. Yes, why don't you go introduce yourself? Yeah, and the hairy guy's name laughing, is laughing, giggling Wolverine. He's playing with kids, playing with children, pod people. Maybe. Uh, so Maybe. the director's cut of Hawks number one came with the complete script. Well, not complete because there was a ton of shit redacted in it. Oh, God. Oh, Hickman, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Hickman's like, assholes. Like, even, <laughs> even little. There was more redacted. There was more redacted in this script than the Mueller report. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> even like little stuff that you would have thought you would think be innocuous, like, what's the deal with the little girl Gene is escorting into Krakoa? Redacted. We don't know her name. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. don't know nothing. Oh, we got to get Hickman I mean, up in front of Congress so he can another, vaguely answer shit. There's another little thing in that, and, like, in that panel that sticks out at me, that stuck out at me really large when I first read it. Can anyone travel through the gateway? Mrs. Gray. Oh, well, she's still married to yeah, Cyclops. They're still married. I don't know. No, no, well, no, 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 they both no, died. No, no, no. Yeah, she died. Yeah. They're not married anymore. They both died. You don't come back from the dead and you're still married. It's not how that works. Okay, but if you, come on now. I would yeah, say but I mean, you're all the time, all the time that all, you, you think that all the, the people, time that she's been back, they haven't referred to him as her husband. Yeah, no one has called and her. And they split Mrs. up after the anything. they split up after the 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 Emma Frost thing. But they didn't see each other alive for the first time until the very final issue of Uncanny X Men last week. All right. So that was the first time that Jean learned that Scott was alive. Uh. And so she was like, oh, and hey, that was, book ends with them embracing. I'm so like, happy they're to back see you. together. We're still married. Uh, so, <clears throat> you think in Avengers Endgame, when, when all those people came back from she, being blipped, that the husbands and wives were just like, well, we had a good run, I guess. Divorce, <laughs> divorce, <laughs> divorce lawyers are swimming in it. After oh, it's true. Post yeah. Blip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, no, so my, I my, think I, I think that I, there's I, definitely something up with Xavier. I think he's I think whatever's going on is sinister. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's the maker. I think it's Xavier. I don't think he's the maker either. I do mm -hmm. think it's it's some. Well, I don't know. I because think it's some we we also already know that the maker is showing up in a different comic, totally unrelated yeah, to yeah. X Men. What's that? But uh, okay, Future I, I just want to talk about my favorite my favorite sequence in the whole thing though. Yeah. was the bit was the bit between the FF and Psych. That was great. That was great, but again, he. I mean, he did that. I mean, Cyclops I'm sorry, but sound I mean, like Cyclops, Cyclops has been kind of a milquetoast, you know, lame guy. But I'm sorry, that whole sequence—he's just swinging his dick around. He totally <laughs> is. Yeah. But did that sound like the Scott Summers that you recognize? He was super polite. No, well, I he mean, a little bit. I mean, the last time we saw aloof. him he this was... confident and this kind of ballsy was astonishing when he basically goes nose to nose with Fury. Yeah. 
I'll you give know? you that. But I mean, but I've never seen him this passive aggressive. That's either, what I'm saying. Because, I mean, he does the whole thing where like he and he and Reed are like, you know, it's the new beginnings demand a wide berth. Then I think I have a problem with that. And then they have the showdown and he goes, yeah, fair enough. I, I mean, it's very passive aggressive. He's like, up. you know what? Then Keep the, him for the, now. The parting shot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it's really very simple, Susan. I believe in what Charles Xavier is doing. Please greet your son for me and tell him when he's ready, yeah. he has family on Krakoa waiting yeah. for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that That's so go. great. And I'm just like, so yeah, I mean, yes, <laughs> he, was, he was being pleasant, but it was definitely very passive aggressive. No, definitely. It just didn't sound oh, anything yeah. like was, the Cyclops it, it that we've had. Almost sinister. Right. I mean, yeah, it doesn't sound like the Cyclops we've had for a while, but aren't you glad? Because the Cyclops no. we've had for a while has been a total asshole. No, I am. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> it furthers our theory yeah, that I love something funky is going on here. <laughs> I Definitely something is funky is going on. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Uh, well, yeah. So, and if you look at all the characters, uh, LaRoz is drawing all of the X-Men, even with even with Jean in the Marvel Girl costume. They're all the idealized version of themselves. They're the perfect version. I mean, even with Doug, with the one with the one warlock arm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's the perfect, it's the perfect ideal of all of these characters. Yeah. Uh, so Adam Wednesday goes on in the in the chat. He says, "Ultimate Comics: colon, The Ultimates" by Hickman. Read it. Uh, I believe that was mm -hmm. the maker was up in that. Uh, also, in Earth X number seven, Reed can replicate Xavier's powers by stretching his brain. Gross. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. something, another theory my group came up with is the idea that Phantom X, <clears throat> Xavier is in Phantom X's body. Phantom X has multiple oh, right. brains. Phantom X does have multiple brains. That's true. What if yeah. Xavier is in one, the maker is in another. And Phantom X is in there somewhere? Yeah. Like, what if there's more going on than meets the eye? So a, a friend of mine on another group, uh, Caleb, he posted a picture that someone he knows actually uh, cracked the Krakoan language. Yeah, I saw that. He decoded it, and yeah. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. I knew it wouldn't take long. Bleeding Cool had an article about it. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember there being necessarily anything like super dramatic in that in any of that code at the end. It, it's, it was mostly more like, next time, something like this. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this. If we get powers of x next week which takes place in the future right yes x 100 years in the future 100 years in the future and that the, now the team that we're looking in that doesn't look like they're 100 years older they're different characters uh are they yes a preview came out a preview came out yesterday that named the colossus looking woman and the red nightcrawler they are different oh. characters okay uh i think one is called rasputin uh, she's obviously some sort of mix of Colossus and magic. Right. Uh, and then the other one is called Cardinal. Okay. So like these are different, like descendants or something. Okay. Well, we shall see. I don't know. Man. I, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm super confused. I'm super intrigued. And I know that Hickman is weaving this intricate. Right. Basket. Right. And I just got to wait for him. Got to wait for it to be done. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm I like I'm definitely gonna do what Adam said, and I'm gonna check out that Ultimates book on Marvel Unlimited. Man, <clears throat> oh yeah, I don't need the Ultimates universe to come back. But it is though; it's happening. It's happening I know. in Miles Morales. I know. The Green Goblin's coming back. I know. Um, and we know that it survived hey, Secret I, Wars. I, I revised. I revised my answer from last week. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just and and Hickman. 
always ties all of his work together. All of his work is linked. Yeah, in his the, mind. The super the super satellite where the master mold is. Yep. It's built off of that uh planet killing Dyson Sphere thing, Tony and Reed bit built in uh New Avengers. Okay, now is it weird that when they, they showed like uh, the, Saul's Anvil is what it was called? Yeah, the makeup of the group, the new group. I yeah, uh, o- Osiris or something. Something, something, something like, like that. that. Osiris. Yeah. Not Osiris. Not it's Osiris. like a flower, like like orchid or orchis. 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 Like Okara. Orchis. Okra or Okra. Yeah, I think it's Okra. I think it's deep fried Okra. But it's like members of Strike, Sword, Aim, like Hydra. Yeah. Bad guys. All of these organizations have part of their makeup inside this. Super organization. And it's just a matter of their it's the like. Twi- it's just the traveling Wilburys of of secret organizations. We're so freaked out that the mutants are this powerful that we're yeah. getting together to fight them. Yeah, yeah, and I loved that as well. It's like that was that was in one of the text pieces where uh, humanity is like evaluating the mutant threat, and they were like, at the time of the Genosian massacre, which was in New X Men, yeah. right? Sixteen million mutants yeah. were murdered by those giant sentinels, right? They thought, well, okay, we're safe. But all they did was kick the ball down the field some. If if those mutants had yeah. not died, they would have overtaken humanity as the dominant species yeah. in five years. And they straight up said that. Like, we think humanity has 20 years left. Yeah, and now, now that all these mutants were killed and they're slowly building back up, humanity maybe has two decades well, left. Well, actually, correction, they're not slowly building back up Oh, either. that's right, yeah. That's it's, the it's, they they're engaged. rapidly blooming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy schmoly. Oh, man. I just, I, I can't wait to read Powers of Ten next week. I, I need to know. And there's a reading order in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily read one, 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 two, 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 no. two. It's, you're going to get no, House of X one yeah, and two, or House of X, Powers of Ten, House of X two, Powers of Ten two, and then you're going to get Powers of Ten three and four. Yeah. And yeah. that's how you're supposed to read it. Yeah, three and four. Yeah, it's so it's a very deliberate jigsaw puzzle. And that I he's think putting together. I really do think this is only the first story. This this thing that he's setting up is going to be this pod people adventure. And by the end of it, the real X peeps are back. I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, I, I, or not. I, I, something something is definitely <laughs> off. Like everything. Let JD I, talk. Uh, sorry, go ahead, JD. No, what I was going to say is I don't know because. It's 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 really weird and it's kind of insidious the way he's doing it because yes something is off but I don't know if I I don't dislike this world like if he just said yeah no right yeah I'd be okay with that too shook the etch a sketch and just mind wiped everyone into believing this is how things are now I'd be like okay so some, that's cool some some good points that <laughs> carry on I, yeah <laughs> some good points that I read were like. Xavier's dream used to be all about peaceful integration. We can coexist. Right. We can yeah. live together. Right. And now it's isolationism. It's like, yeah, just let us have our space. Yeah. We'll leave you alone. We're giving we'll you the world. We'll contribute to your society. Right. Just stay away. Basically, Magneto says, yeah. we're giving you well, ma- yeah. your world. You give us ours. And that's way off base than Xavier's normal well, and, game plan. Yeah. And, well, and even Magneto's a little off, too. Because right. Because Magneto like wanted to dominate. Right. Well, and also when, when Magneto meets those diplomats and they say, oh, we thought we were meeting with Charles Security and he says, no, I'm sorry, you have me. I know I'm a pale, I'm a pale substitute. Right. And, but like Magneto like, is the ambassador. Ever said that about Xavier? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the idea that Magneto is the Krakoan ambassador. Yeah. It's so yeah. great. <laughs> it's totally great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 
it's Hickman being Hickman. I love it. Yes. And I can't oh, wait yeah. to see how it all comes together. But right now, but I'm I mean, just like. It's Hickman being kind of extra Hickman-y. He is he? extra Hickman-y. Yeah. Because, I mean, he, he, he didn't, like, just reset the entire 616 for FF or Avengers. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I th- on this on this week's show, I called it the Hickman the the most Hickman Hickmaniest comic to ever Hickman or whatever I was. I said Hickmania is running wild. Yeah, Hickmania is running X-Men wild. Universe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm hanging up on you, Jenny. It's, yeah. it's been almost 15 minutes. Thank you for running through that with us, though. That was fantastic. All right, thanks, guys. We'll talk right. to you later. Bye, buddy. Poor Zach Hollowell is res- is desperately trying to call us. I'm just gonna call him. Just call I'm him. I'm calling him. Zach's a friend. He brought me back something. Was it drugs? It was uh, toys with drugs in them. Uh, yes. In the toy butts. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Can we speak to Zach Hollowell with Zach Hollowell Photography, please? We would like to take some disgusting um, pictures. Hold, you got to hold on. He's getting some oranges for his child. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. His child is demanding oranges right now. Good Lord. And, what a uh, pervert. You know, I, I don't want to cause a meltdown. When so. are you going to stop letting okay. these selfish okay, children run your life? Good God. Yeah, exactly. What's going on, boys? Not too much. What's happening with you? Oh, not too much. Um, so your question? Yes. Uh, I suppose you're calling me about the question. Um, okay, so when I was in like junior high, I moved from St. Louis to Fremont, Nebraska. Oh, wow. Fremont, Nebraska. Yeah, I the, felt like my life was ending because I was in the like, little you know, town punk of St. Rock Louis and stuff. to the bustling metropolis of Fremont. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> Wonderful. You know, whatever. But when I got there, so I was into comic books, but all my comic books were like grocery store or, you know, sure. quick shop, whatever. Sure. And one of my guys, friends that I met was like, hey, there's a comic book shop in town. It's like, well, no shit. Where's this comic book shop? It's like, it's at the video store. It's like, okay. So I walk into the video <laughs> store and oh. the guy who owned the video store, I actually saw at um, Krypton Comics once while you were working. His name's Kevin. He kind of looks like, uh, if you remember that, terrible tool time show the sidekick guy yeah al not yeah al he looks he looks a lot like al he's yeah. got the push broom mustache and stuff his name's kevin and yeah that's the same kevin that got, kevin eventually yeah, ended up him. working at krypton oh yeah 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 he's the yeah. guy that got real sick yeah r.i.p yeah sorry but <laughs> you walked in and you know it's okay you walked through the video store and on the back wall was just comic books they were all bagged and boarded though and you'd have to like ask him if you wanted to flip through a comic. Cause I guess the reason was anyone would just come in and screw with the comics. So yeah, all the comic prices were 25 cents more because you had to buy it with a bag and board, Sounds which about right. whatever. <laughs> but the first time I walked in, I had no idea what to buy. So he had these like multi-packs, like, you know, mystery bags. And I bought one and it was kind of cool. Cause since it was a video store, they were all the old movie posters. He would turn inside out, fold comics in and write 10 bucks on it. Sure. Well, I opened it up and it had, I still remember it had a complete run of uh, Havoc and Wolverine Meltdown. Nice. <laughs> cool. Right? And it had uh, the graphic novel of J- Greatest Joker Stories Ever Told. Those two things alone probably are what got me into comic books. Yeah, right? fair enough. And after that, I didn't spend my lunch money. Like, <laughs> I would eat minimal lunch every day to save my money to go to his shop and buy comics. And that's how I wound up there. It's pretty. He's a pretty all right guy. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin was, nice was a guy. good guy. He was. Uh, he liked. He loved rubbing nickels together, though. I'll tell Kevin you. Kevin was the guy that replaced me as manager of Krypton yes. Comics. Yeah. Um, oh, was he? Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, he used to be like a bigger dude with a mustache. He got real sick and got real thin. Yeah. Um, so by the time oh, we, really? by the time we got to know him, he was a, a different, he looked a lot different, but yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Kevin was a good dude and, uh, uh, we did that stuff, right? We marked up the comics when we put bags and boards on them. Had to. Those things aren't free. Had to. We just marked yeah. everything up a quarter. No. Yeah. If it was two ninety nine, it was three twenty five. You know. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Got to pay for those yellow tags. That's right. Somehow. Somebody's got to pay for those post it notes. <laughs> handwritten. Yeah, that, handwritten that comic notes. book store oh, pretty much. That's one of the things that rescued me from Fremont because God yeah. knows there wasn't a whole lot to do. Awesome. Yeah. This is before meth, drugs. This is before drugs. the meth was any good though. It was really shitty meth back in the day. Yeah, it was yeah. terrible. <laughs> Zach, always good to talk to you, buddy. Thank you. All right, for you both have a good show. Experience. Love you. Love you too. You too, pal. I thought he was going straight to a porn video store that had comics. <laughs> I thought that's exactly where there I was going. I did that same shit though. Like I, I would. My parents would send me with a quarter with my sack lunch every day so that I could buy milk. Yeah, and I would keep that quarter. Fuck yeah. And at the end of five days, I would have enough to buy a comic. Yeah, book. dude. Screw you and your milk. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need no. My milk. bones are brittle. <laughs> Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who it is? It's Brian Domingos. Brian Domingos! Hello. How are we today, sir? And what do we want to rap about? Good. Uh, what's going on, guys? Just chilling. We're kicking it. We're talking about our comic shop memories. We were talking about uh, the new House of X. We were talking about The Boys is on Amazon now. I don't know if you're into that. Um, I'm really, I don't know. I, I didn't like The Boys. I, I thought it was like too extreme for me as far as like um it was very gratuitous yeah like the violence and like but it was supposed to be i mean the raping and all that certainly not for everyone yeah yeah Um, i will say they toned it down a little i also found like the corporate like subplot thing like baffling so it's like i don't know what i'm doing with this i'm good i mean i love Derek robertson and um and i'm glad that it like jumped from wildstorm to um dynamite but yeah i don't know i mean i'm good for them i'm, I'm happy for Derek robertson to get some you know acknowledgement in another tv show but um i it's just it's something else for everybody else i hope they enjoy yeah fair enough it's a good way to look at it fair enough so what did um, you want to so rap about that? my um my co- first comic shop um it was in the the glory days of the 90s when my town had two um decent comic shops within a quarter mile of each other, which was amazing. Right. Um, next to a Dairy Queen, which is like, I mean, come on, what's better than that? Um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you go and you get your comics and then you'd walk next door and get like, you know, what, with the little bit of money you have left, you get like a, a you know, a kitty cone, but whatever. Sure. Um, but the, um, the first real one I went to, cause I went one to one on vacation with my dad, and me and my brother and sister all a pack of the Jim Lee X-Men cards. Yeah. And I don't know why, because we weren't, we, we didn't, I didn't know what those were, but I was like 11. Um, and I was immediately hooked. And um, that is literally why I'm standing where I am right now, because I was so like just obsessed with them. And my brother and I spent, we would go through the phone book looking for uh, 7-Elevens nearby where we were staying on vacation. And we would walk to the 7-Eleven and buy whatever cards they had. Yeah, man. Because we were like, Hooked, hooked, hooked. Comic book trading cards they, got me so bad. They ruled the world yeah. for a while there. I was comic already a, I mean, cards. Oh man. I was already a comic fan at the time, but like they used to sell Marvel Universe Series One uh at the Albertsons in Bellevue where we got our groceries, and I was just like, that's it. Every every time we get groceries, I need some of these cards. First thing I ever shoplifted. Comic cards. 
<laughs> I shit you not. They shouldn't have put them in reach of my grubby little hands. That's, that was their fault. Yeah. <laughs> two, for, two for my pocket, one for the counter. Exactly. Yeah, um, sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I was totally obsessed with those. So then when, um, one, so we had like the store in town and I, my mom brought me there, um, uh, before it was very strange. It was before a baseball game, um, you know, like a weeknight. And the guy was like this, it was called Pat's cards and comics. And it was mostly a baseball card store, but, um, but he had a lot of comics and he like, he kind of gave her the, and she was very like, I don't really want him to be into this, but you know, this is what he's interested in. Right. So, but the guy was very strange and he like, he basically like talked her into selling us a back issue and I can't find it. And maybe some of the um, nerds who might know out there, cause I've looked for years. Um, it was a reprint. It was a ghost rider reprint um, ghost rider with reprint. like this really dark covered paint, uh, I think it was Johnny blaze on the cover. Cause it was a reprint with Johnny blaze comics on the inside, but it was like a black and purple painted cover. Um, and it was one of those Marvel comics presents, but it wasn't that, but that type of reprint book. Um, and he was like, Oh, this is a good starter book for him. This is a starter. If you're going to start your collection, give me a it's rough year. A give me, give me a rough like, year. Give me an X-Men comics. What's the, give me a rough year on this. Uh, um, it would have been the nineties, right? Uh, yeah, prob- it was pr- probably like late 80s, early 90s reprint. So there was a um, there was a series in the uh, very early 90s called Original Ghost Rider, and it was reprints of the last like dozen issues of the Johnny Blaze run. OK, from the oh, from the that. early 80s. Um, oh, Joe. There you go. That yeah, good. I remember I had out. a I had a couple. Um, it was a, a purple, you said. Yeah, was purple and black like, like a dark. You know, I mean, it's nighttime because it's Ghost Rider. Was know, there green on there? I'm um, at the beach, you know, during the day. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was like a, you know, <laughs> it was a Ghost Rider in Coney Island. There were probably, <laughs> probably some tombstones, maybe the the moon in the background. Right, like really, right. Really, I know, really rare cover, but that was like a starter book, and he was like, oh, that way, you know, you can you can learn to take care of this before you buy something else. And I mean, that book wasn't worth ten cents, which is so dumb. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I mean, that was 1991, so it was. You know, Jim, I think I got X-Men 10 off the stands, maybe, or eight or something like that. The Jim Lee, uh, you know, Bishop versus Gambit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, and that, and I mean, and then it's into everything and then into Wildstorm and, and Age of Apocalypse. And, um, you know, a hundred years later, I'm standing right here talking to you guys. So um, <laughs> that store got sold to another guy. And, and then um, and it, it lasted until like 2003, which was pretty good but uh it's long gone and now we don't have one within almost an hour of where we are which is a bummer but uh, um so what i didn't know is that uh, so the th- the series i'm thinking of from 1991 uh is called the original ghost rider rides again uh what? and it, it it reprinted uh the last like 10 or 12 issues of the johnny blaze ghost rider okay there was an ongoing that came after that in 92. Right. Just called Original Ghost Rider. Yeah, and that was the one with like the the you had the new motorcycle. No, no, no. And like the purple cover. No, it was another reprint. Another reprint oh, book of, oh, oh, of oh. old Ghost Rider. Okay. It ran it ran concurrently with the Danny Catch Ghost Rider right. series. Um with like the dumb street bike. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. the with the big face on the front God, of it. Stupid. <laughs> I loved it. Uh it was, so man, I'm wondering stupid. there's a there's a cover original ghost rider. Number four is Johnny blaze, uh, riding his hell cycle 
into into the black cloak of a Dracula looking dude, and there are these like bright purple ghosts exploding out of them in the background. I can picture it. Yeah, I'm that, gonna check it out. That I might will, be it. I, if I when I find it, I will. Uh, I'll post a. Yeah, uh, yeah. Search for original Ghost Rider rides again. That's that's your dog, I think. There you go. Sounds good. Awesome, guys. (laughs) Brian, always good to talk to you, brother. Yeah, have a good weekend. All right, you you too, too. sir. Yeah, I had a couple of those, or my cousin had a couple of those, and that was kind of my entry to the Johnny Blaze stuff. Was those old reprints? I think the first Ghost Rider I picked up was that first Danny Catch. That was when because I was just like, that cover's way too cool. I gotta check that out. And, like, for some reason, there was, I feel like there was, like, two concurrent TV shows with dudes on badass motorcycles. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. There was, like, a Renegade. Yeah, something we, like uh, that. Which was, uh, <laughs> um, Lorenzo Lamas? Lorenzo Lamas. Yeah. I, kept, I was Axel Alonso. That's a, yeah, that's a Renegade Marvel with Axel Alonso. <laughs> Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? Harvey Lucas here. Harvey. Harv. Harv. How are you, my friend? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing well. You know, what do you want to rap Having about, a good buddy? weekend so far. I want to rap about Blaze. Ready to die. I was born ready, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> so we got a new Blade movie coming out. We got a new Blade. I'm thrilled. I can't wait. My and man, Mahersh. Mahersh. That's what his friends call him. Yeah, my man Mahersh. Gonna be Blade. I just call him Hersh. Well, (laughs) you know, the funny thing is, is um, what I know that guy from is a show that came out 15 years ago this month. The 4400. Either you guys watch it. I remember the 4400. Yes, I do remember it. One where they like... Uh, they all got like powers sort of rising. They it was like they disappeared and and reappeared in the future, right? They disappeared from the past. Yeah, I vaguely remember this. Yes, yeah. it was a bunch of people throughout starting from like 47 to early 2000s uh people who just disappeared and they all come back at once in Seattle like near Seattle. I think it was Mount Rainier. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do remember this. Some of them get powers, and some of them don't, and some of them slowly develop powers. And it was a really good fun show. Mahershala Ali was on that. Crazy. Yep. No he, shit. He played Richard. He he was a guy who disappeared in the fifties. Uh, he was like in the Korean War, I want to say. And uh, you know, he had been messing around with a white chick, and the other guys didn't like that too much. And so when he comes, yes, I remember ends that up in the. When he ends up in the two thousands, he meets the daughter. I mean, the granddaughter of the girl that he was in love with, and ends up falling in love with her. And the funny thing is, is if you think his name is hard to pronounce now, <laughs> back then it was Mahershala Lahashabaz. <laughs> yeah, because we couldn't hear anybody saying it. Basically, well, and yeah, he went, he, he mean, went they, by a they, different they, they his full his name. name in half since then. Oh. Yeah, Mahershala Mahershala Hashabaz. Wow. Yeah. Okay. M a h e r s h a l a l h a s h b a z. Okay, you just said a bunch of letters. Yeah. That doesn't come on. <laughs> so, Harvey, what do you think about and Mahershala so- as your blade? I I I think he's a good choice. I, I love think it. he has I love it. I think he's a really strong actor. Um he was really great in the Luke Cage stuff. Yes. Yeah. You know, we all wanted him to live longer. Definitely. Uh and uh 
you know, and, and the one thing that I'm really hoping for, for this new blade is that they bring the RZA back to do the soundtrack. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. They have to do because that. Because on, on Facebook, I run the blade Trinity original soundtrack, uh, page <laughs> for what that's worth. Um, <laughs> well, I bet that gets you laid think, on a regular basis. I think it's huh? one of the best soundtracks out there. <laughs> Man, oh. you must be beaten off the women. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't want to brag. You don't want to uh, brag. But that also leads me to the Wu-Tang, an American saga trailer dropped on Hulu yesterday. Yes, it oh, I didn't see that. Did. Um, did you watch that, that do- did you watch that Wu-Tang da- uh, documentary? No, I haven't watched that yet. Oh my Isn't God. it on like HBO or something like that? It's on something that I Showtime. don't have. Showtime. It was on Showtime. It was incredible. It's a four-part Wu-Tang yeah. documentary and just like the footage that they have of those dudes back in the day, like sitting in one of their aunt's living rooms and they're like snapping and like one of them's beatboxing and they're just flowing. It's incredible. It's an incredible documentary and I'm super excited for this movie. I can't wait. Yeah. And all, What's it called? All us 90s kids. The we documentary? No, Love the movie. Uh, what American the, Saga, you said? Is it a, what's the movie called? Again? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Oh. The show is. Oh, it's a show. Uh, the show is Wu-Tang and American Saga. Yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be great. Cannot wait. The only thing I know about Wu-Tang Clan is what I learned on the Chappelle show. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I just didn't well, grow Wu-Tang up listening Clan to ain't to fuck with. That's, That's right. right. All you need to know is to protect your neck and then Wu-Tang Financial, right? With. They run Wu-Tang Financial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cash rules everything around them. Yeah. Yes. But and uh, also my my first uh, comic shop thing was uh, experience was pretty much just like um, Black Scorpion the Third, except for my guy smoked in his shop. Oh, <laughs> I remember that shit when people used to smoke in comic book shops. And now people yep. on, people on eBay today are like, "Is this coming from a smoke free environment?" You know, like when they're buying stuff. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a nightmare. That's crazy. Always nice to talk to you, guys. I'll let you go. All right. right, Have a good one, Harv. Later. Smoking in comic book stores. Jesus Christ. Uh, It's 1222. We got a couple of voicemails. Yeah, let's get to our voicemails. Let's do it. Let me uh, honk that off real quick. There we go. We got one here from Jimmy Randall. Well, let's get this open. I'm working on it. He says, hey, dudes, I'm currently on the tropical island of Vanuatu, and internet is a bit shit. Hope this comes through. Where? Van Vanuatu? Vanuatu? Spell that for me. V-A-N-U-A-T-U. Vanuatu. Okay. I feel like I recognize that from the Olympic entrances where it'd be like one of those places that has like one Olympian that's like... It's thr- a real life place. And he's like throwing a stick or something. <laughs> Vanuatu is a South Pacific Ocean nation made up of roughly 80 islands that stretch 1,300 kilometers. Okay. Sounds beautiful. G'day nerds, Jimmy Randall, MP3, question of the week, you know all that stuff. Uh, disclaimer, I don't have a computer with me at the moment. I am actually celebrating my 10th wedding anniversary with my beautiful yeah, wife, favorite right. person in the world, Anne-Marie. Um, so she'll be providing the sound effects for us as well as myself. So yeah, let's hear it for us, 10 years. Woo! All right, so um, first comic shop experience. Uh, for me, that was 1995. Like, I... Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> nice. I had a few comics, <laughs> like, just bought them from the local news agency, never actually set foot in a comic book store before. Um, so 1995, my high school, we went on an excursion to the big old scary city of Brisbane. <gasps> 
And um, <laughs> there, me and my Doing good an buddy eye. Pickles, we ran away from the group because we'd heard there was a comic book shop nearby, comics, etc. Fucking Pickles. Um, still go there to this very day. They are fantastic, those blokes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I remember just going in there being totally fucking blown away by the, the range and everything. Like, I'd only ever seen comics in a news agency before. So I can still remember as well uh, what I bought. Uh, Spider-Man, The Lost Years, number zero, with that gorgeous Ramita art on the cover. Spidey yeah, I remember that. sort of kneeling in the rain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, looking back on it, it was it was a pretty shit book, but... But that was it. So yeah, and it was um, about Ben yeah, Riley. My buddy Pickles. Yeah, it was about Ben Riley. If by any chance you're listening to this, mate, come home, baby girl. We miss you. We miss you. Miss All right. Well, well, that'll do it for us. Was All right. So that's it. Pickles and see you animal? later, everybody. Love you. Bye. We did right. it. Yeah, I don't know. Was Pickles an animal? I I lost the thread there. I thought Pickles was a was a kid. <laughs> Yeah, I just assumed Pickles was an adorable Australian nickname for a man person. So you don't name a girl. Pickles. Every single person that's called in live has followed up in the chat by saying you aren't coming through your microphone on the phone. There's really no reason to say this out loud. I'm just saying other than to humiliate us. For I, I, I'm telling you. Yeah, you didn't. You, you thought you fixed it. You didn't fix it. Well, it's fixed because everybody can hear it. But the problem lies. Except the callers. Yeah, something within the calls. We'll figure that out. But thank you for for doing that. You're Jim. welcome. We yeah, that. I want everybody to know how bad of a job you're Just doing. Keep your mouth shut, okay? <laughs> well, also while Scott we, Clark, while we were doing recording, that, Scott calling in from Cargo Falls, Ohio, uh, for the question of the week. Okay. So I just lied to you. I'm not calling in for a question of the week. I actually want to talk about this Fantastic Four thing. You know, I've read a ton of articles on this. Uh, let me first say, uh, I know I've said this before, and uh, it's remained unproved, but I am uh, the Fantastic Four number one super fan, and I love the Fantastic Four, and I would love to see them come and get a movie treatment uh, that is worthy of their name. And I keep on reading these articles, and some of them are conflicting. Did Kevin Feige come out and say that uh, the Fantastic Four movie was coming out in Phase 4? Does that mean that we're going to get a Fantastic Four movie within, like, say, uh, a year or two? Like 2020 no. or 2021? No. And uh, also, at the same time, answer me this other question. Um, you know, it seems to me, and maybe it was photoshopped, but I remember way back in the day that somebody had shown the Phase 4 uh, title cards, and Nova was in the middle of that. And yeah, now with nonsense. the San Diego uh, announcements, we're getting, you know, everything else except I didn't see the Nova in there. So here's my tin hat theory on that whole thing. You know, I read an article just recently where they said that uh, they may bring in uh, the Annihilation storyline. And that the Fantastic Four was going to be introduced during the 60s and then uh, shoved into the negative zone and then come out for Phase 4 um, uh, unaged. So, is that a possibility? Do you think that maybe they're hiding the Nova um, movie from us because it ties in with the Fantastic Four um, and their uh, introduction into the, uh, the Marvel, uh, the MCU? So what's your what's your opinion about this? I want to hear your guys' opinions and, and, and your theories on this. Uh, you know, set me straight. Uh, but anyway, that, that, that's my call for to, uh, this week, and uh, I guess I'll talk to you guys later. All right, see you, bye. I guess so. That's some seriously deep conspiratorial uh, shit. Yeah, 
and you have to watch out for that stuff because I love it. No. <laughs> if that's what they were to do, they're holy. If they did the annihilation, fans, have been, fans have been making those fake title card right. announcements for right. years, right? And it's uh, it's based off like offhand rumors, sure. things people mentioned in passing that weren't actual announcements. So it, Marvel has never like said, yes, we're making a Nova movie. Right. What they did say, what Kevin Feige did say specifically, he did specifically name the Fantastic Four. They said pre-production. But he didn't, no, he didn't say pre-production. He mentioned it in the same breath as all of the other movies that we know are coming, but that did not have details at Comic-Con. Okay. Like Captain Marvel 2, Black Panther 2, Guardians right. 3, etc. He said mutants. Mutants. He Whatever. said Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um. So what was announced for phase four so far is just up through 2021. Right. Um, So anything Fantastic Four related is going to be past 2021. And we have no firm details yet. But he did say that it was a a thing. Remember when they were like, we have this mapped out to 2025. And we were like, 2025? That's a million years in the future, (laughs) bro. (laughs) Yeah, I do remember that. (laughs) Yeah. That's uh, it's a few years from now. The future is now, yeah, Holy it's true. Holy crap. So let's get to our answers. Thank you for your call, Scott. Uh, we have three more voicemails that came in while we were recording the show. Yeah, but I think some of them are people we talked to. Well, why don't you check? One is Thomas Branch. I guess we did not talk to him, definitely. We didn't talk to Thomas Branch. All right, let's see. I don't know who this 617 one is. I'm checking this one out. Hey, guys. Uh, I guess you must be pretty busy right now maybe discussing House of X. That was actually what I was calling about. Um, I loved it. It was such a fantastic issue. Um, and I know that spoilers are okay. So I totally have questions about whether Xavier is Xavier. Is he the maker? I don't know. Who the hell knows? You know, is he growing clones of Scott and Jean? I don't know. There's so much. It's such a packed issue. I was trying to think of what was the last single issue of a comic book where I spent this much time thinking about it, talking yes, about it with people, it. figuring out what does this mean? What does that mean? Yo, and yeah. it's just, it's been a really long time and it probably hasn't been the case since Hickman left Marvel. Like, I mean, I'm the, you know, you're biggest, right. You know, I'm one of the biggest Hickman fans out there. So um, I will read whatever that guy the writes. Certified Hickamaniac. Um, his Marvel is my favorite Marvel. You know, like I just feel like he gets the characters, he gets the scope. And I was thinking, the last time I read a single issue of a comic book that made me think this much about what exactly is going on, it might have been that uh, Pax Americana issue of Multiversity that uh, that Morrison and Quitely did together. I mean, I feel like that was probably the last time I spent this much time yeah, just thinking about one single that issue. Was good. Anyway, it's a good feeling. That was a it's been fun homage. to talk about it with friends. And uh, anyway, I'm sure it's a fun show. And uh, Talk to you guys again soon. I'm Bye. sorry. I'm sorry, Thomas. We would have definitely talked to you. That wasn't Thomas. That was. Our, oh, uh, did he even say who it was? Yeah, uh, but we know who that is. Doctor, what's his name? He's a doctor. Super nice guy. Love him, regardless. Uh, so, who do you think it is? I can't remember his name. Was that Hallucinathan? No, that was not Hallucinathan. Was it David Robbins? It wasn't yes, David Robbins. That was, David that was Ro- not David or Robbins. Or no, no, that wasn't David Robbins. What is his name? He didn't say his name. Say your names. Come on. <laughs> Regardless, uh, that goes right back to the pod people, Scott and Jean. What if they are clones? Jean is calling herself, people are calling her Mrs. You know, Jean Grey. You know, I didn't even think about so, that. I just ch- I just chucked that up to that kid not knowing how to But are how they pod people. people that think they're married from a different time, sprung from Xavier's brain? I mean, like, 
is that why Scott's acting like this? Is that why, because it's the older Scott? Like, see, and I don't grown like, you keep and program. talking about Scott acting weird. He's not acting weird. He's, he's acting like the leader of the X-Men. Yeah. And he hasn't acted like that in a very long time. Well, because he hasn't been in a very long time. Maybe it's because he's a pod person. Yeah. I mean, I, there's dissecting it, and then there's going, like, a little bit off the deep end with it. Well, we saw people <laughs> in pods, man. Now let's get to Thomas well, I know Branch. Well, I know. We did definitely see people in pods. Let's get to Thomas Branch. Hey, guys. It's Tom, Thomas Branch from Dallas, Texas. I thought I'd try to call in, but uh, it seems like everybody's calling in today. So I wanted to talk about, about House of X. Um, overall, I enjoyed the comic, but it um, high-concept high things, like Hickman does, and things like what Warren Ellis did. I was, I'm always afraid about creators who leave a concept like that and if the publisher is going to, like, continue it. Because, like, Warren Ellis did, like, the extremist storyline, which was really yeah. great. Mm -hmm. But then Fraction was like, eh, I'm not going to do that anymore. So um, that was my biggest concern about it. But overall, I really enjoyed the, the first issue. And um, we'll see what happens. It's the first... First Marvel comic I've bought in like four years, so we'll see. Wow! Thanks, uh, thanks a lot. Talk to you guys later. Bye. That's saying a lot. Yeah, first really Marvel is. comic he's bought in four years. I mean, I got to give it to Marvel. They did a great job celebrating Hickman's return. Definitely, like hyping it up, getting people excited Definitely. about it. And I'm happy to see that because it, there, it's like for a while there. Creators seem to sort of fall behind the creations, and so it's nice to see him pumping them up and giving him freedom to do this, and. Now, one thing that he said there, he gets scared when creators leave and they had such a great idea and Marvel continues to go on with it. The extremist storyline, while it was great, the Warren Ellis storyline, it was a terminal storyline. And I'm glad that Fraction didn't go on with it. And I think Fraction knew that's not my storyline. I'm going to do something different. And I was okay with that. Just like we talked about a staunching X-Men. Needed to stop. What's going on over there? Are you having a heart um, attack? There was a sneeze coming on. It just did not come. <laughs> like we're gonna witness the death of Joe Patrick. Like I could episode. feel it going forward in my in my face. If you're gonna die, we need to pump it up so people can tune yeah, in. Yeah, right. We you got those ratings. We need baby. those live yeah. numbers. We yes. need butts in the seats. That's right. <laughs> All right, Keith. Tune in us. next week for the death of Joe Patrick. There we go. Occasional guest host Keith called us. I don't know. Is it? Hey guys, it's Jason Sachs. Just wanted to call and. Talk about the boys. <laughs> um, so I watched the first couple episodes of it. Maybe it gets better. Maybe it just doesn't. Uh, doesn't it feel a little kind of played out, a little uh, subpar in some ways? To me, the show just felt a little, I don't know. Looks like the money was spent on it, but it just felt a little cheap, a little kind of cliche, a little kind of, oh, we're going to be crazy just for the sake of being crazy. I appreciate that there was like a, a few scenes that were direct quotes from the comic especially the uh, death of Huey's friend and stuff. And I like some of the casting in it, but there's nothing, like, super compelling. Like, after Umbrella Academy and uh, a few other shows, I just don't feel like it's as interesting as it could be. I'm just curious to hear your take on it. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay. I, and I hear what you're saying here, and I don't disagree. And I think this, the boys is kind of in a position where, yes, we have had an incredible couple years of comic book television and when you have a show like the umbrella academy or you have a show like um what was uh the jason aaron uh um, deadly class you know the, which like they just opened yeah. the comic book and spilled it onto your screen yeah that can be very tough to 
get in front of and say like, look, we're doing it too. I think The Boys is good. I'm three episodes in. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very good show. I don't know if it's a great show yet. I'll see I, if it's great by the end. I think the I think your enjoyment of The Boys is going to hinge on your appreciation of the source material yes. or if you've even read it at all. Like I've n- not read The Boys. I've only ever skimmed it when I was stocking it on the shelves at the okay. shop. Um, so I knew some things like I knew about, uh, I knew about, uh, um, the deeps, uh, assault on starlight and I knew about what happened to Huey's girlfriend. Well, the assault on starlight was a little deeper in the book. It happened in the first issue. Yeah, but it was, it was worse. Yes. yes, (laughs) It was way worse. And I'm getting there. Um, and, um, so like I knew about certain moments, um, and I thought that that was pretty cool how they uh, adapted it in, in a different way. Yeah. Um, and that scene, that scene with Huey and A Train and Huey's girlfriend, I knew it was happening. I knew it was You're coming. Right. But when we were in that moment, I had forgotten. Yeah. And it didn't, it wasn't until it was too late. I was like, oh shit. And if you go back and look at that page where the girlfriend explodes. Yeah. They literally like they put it on the screen with bones and gore floating in the air yeah, yeah. and he's holding her hands her, her, like her arms, yeah. They nailed that scene. Yeah. Um so what I appreciated is uh the boys the comic is played very much for shock value and for laughs. For those who don't know, set up the boys real quick. The boys is real quick. Uh, uh 30 seconds. The boys is about a group of um what would you call them? Superhero murderers. <laughs> sure. Uh, they're sort of like terrorists, but they're doing it for the right reason. So in this world, uh, superheroes are a commodity. They are corporately controlled and they also have, um, they're just like. They're brands. The most decadent. Yeah. You they, know. They are brands. They're treated debased like. Debased human beings. They're treated like rappers or Right. NFL it's like celebrity culture or, with yeah. superpowers. These people are the worst. People get killed. People get hurt. And it all gets swept under the rug because right. they make too much money. Uh, the boys are. They're like the gr- White House. Sure. <laughs> the boys are a group of people that have had enough. They have been victimized or they, they've lost loved ones or whatever. And they are sticking it back to the superheroes right. for what they've done. They're um, trying to expose a very corrupt system. Yes. And uh, uh, in the first storyline of the boys, Huey is recruited into the group, and that's what we're getting in the show. Right. Um, Carl but, Urban plays Butcher. I love Carl. Carl Urban is great. He's so uh, but the thing that the show, the comic is very much played for laughs and shock value. It's supposed to be outrageous. You're supposed to think that these people are the worst. It's right. supposed to make you uncomfortable. It's Garth Ennis. It's what he does. Yeah. Um, the show, though, is injecting a lot of, like, pathos yeah like and so they really handled political that's that's that sexual assault scene with the deep and starlight is handled with a lot more depth yeah than it is in the comic and i thought they did a great job and i read an interview with uh the show developer supernatural's eric kripke creator of supernatural i was like why this i'm really liking this show and then his name came up and i was like ah i thought we discussed that he was doing Uh, it i I must have forgot i bet you forgot but I did an, I read an interview where uh, somebody familiar with the comic asked him about that. And he was like, we really debated whether or not that that should be in the show. And we decided that it was an important character moment, but we wanted to handle it more humanely. Yeah. Uh, and I think they did a great job. I did, too. I mean, they changed some stuff and I'm all right with that yeah. so far. So and I think it's a good show. I just I think in the, I think the like performances I said, are incredible. Yeah. The. 
I will definitely, the performances are wonderful. And the writing is really The good. guy that plays Homelander is terrifying. Yeah. He's legit scary. Yeah. And just in like, but there's a, he just in that guy's facial expressions, like just we, in the way he changes his face. Right. He's always just standing with his arms behind his back, Superman pose, right? Yeah. And when we first see him, he's like, oh man, he's good looking, he's blonde, yeah. whatever. And then he does this one thing into the camera where you go, oh. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, oh, that's that's, that's yeah. Not good. I, it's it's chilling, and he's doing such a great job. They obviously uh, Huey in the comic is uh, patterned after Simon Pegg. It's right. very famous. Simon um, Pegg plays his dad. Simon Pegg plays his dad. Was I was like, God damn it! Simon Pegg was right there. I know. I mean, he's older. He's, he's too, too old, old to play he's Huey. Too old. He's too old. But I was like, Come on, man! <laughs> but the guy, the, the kid that got to play Huey, is great. He really He's is. He's doing a really fantastic yeah, job. He really is. Everybody is. Uh, yeah. The guy that plays trans, uh, Translucent. Translucent. He's wonderful. I've seen way too much of that guy's God, dick. God, he's good. <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I see what Jason's saying. I mean, it does have an element of cheese. It's sort of like, it's sort of like tick level where it's like, that costume looks ridiculous on a real life human being. Right. But they're playing it straight. But they also, the costumes, while they look ridiculous, they look like what a major agency would come up with for a famous person that was doing this job. Yeah. They absolutely do. Yeah. Oh, and like what's going, what's happening to starlight is like heartbreaking. It's wonderful. Because all she's wanted is to be a superhero and to help people. And she's just getting like, when the two run de- through the meat grinder. And the two designers are like, here's your new outfit that yeah. shows off your tits. And yeah. Because like, it's empowering and it's feminist. She's like, what is feminist yeah. about that? They're like, it's your skin, baby, and you'll show it off if you want. Like, and, and then monster. When the little girl comes up and, uh, and she's wearing a homemade starlight costume and she's like, I'm saving up so I can make a of a copy of your new one and you just see yeah. the blood rush out of Starlight's face. Uh, so good. Yeah. It's really I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's a good show. All right, now listen. Final call, final call. We have one more call. Oh my god. Hey, Joe and Matt, greetings listeners. Uh David Robbins calling in. Uh, hoping Robbins. to get on the show. Must have missed the window. Uh so I thought I'd leave a voicemail see if this makes the show. Um talking about first comic shops. Um Mine here in Milwaukee was Comics Express, The Adventure Continues, which <laughs> was terrible a name. stupid name, <laughs> um, but it was the only uh, game in town that I knew about at the time. I uh, was a subscriber at uh, one location. They closed that location. I moved to a different one. They closed that location. I moved to a different one. And then I said, I'm not going clear across town to the shop, and I found a new place. And uh, now I'm a loyal customer at uh, Collector's Edge here in Milwaukee. All right. Um, so there's that. Uh, I also wanted to quick uh, talk about if I had an option or an opportunity. Um, Veronica Mars season four dropped last week on Hulu. It's so good. And uh, spoiler free. Uh, but it's outstanding. Yeah. Um, Kristen Bell can keep coming back every couple of years and playing that character they haven't even uh, missed a beat. for the end of time as far as I care because that show is outstanding and those characters are outstanding. And I love re- revisiting the world of Neptune, California. And uh, Enrico Colantoni doesn't get enough work. That yes, guy is great, I and I love watching him on the screen. Her dad. Um, that's all I got for you guys uh, right now. I am out running errands, prepping for my trip to Gen Con this coming Wednesday. Hey! Uh, and uh, that's all I got for you guys. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Later. Thanks, David. Uh, yeah, the last two minutes of the final episode of Veronica Mars Season 4 is gut-wrenching. Really? <laughs> yeah, it'll tear your heart right out. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it right. was great. They, they came back. They told one long 
mystery arc like they did at the beginning of the now, show. And did it was they new. do this instead of making the Veronica Mars movie? They made the Veronica Mars. Oh, they did Mars make the movie. movie in 2014. Okay, I don't remember that. Yeah, it was the. It's. I think it's the, the most successful. It's the most successful Kickstarter of all time, or the most successful like movie project Kickstarter okay. of all time. All right. Um, but yeah, it it made millions of dollars, and they released that movie in 2014, and it's great. Um, the show picks up. Uh, they're back in Neptune. It's fantastic. Those characters, those actors have not missed a beat. All your favorites are back. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Fair enough. Patton Oswalt's a main character in the, in the show. He's like a... He wasn't on the old show. No. Okay. He's a new character. Um, but yeah, it's so great. Very, very good. Okay. There we are. Let's get to our uh, answers, our comic shops. All right. So... My timeline's a little fuzzy because I don't know which one came first. So I have two quick ones. All right. Um, I've talked about it before on the show. My cousin uh, and his family used to live in Bellevue, Nebraska, right down the hill from Ground Zero. Okay. Which is a comic shop chain in Omaha. They had two loca- have two locations uh, or had. No, they still do. Yeah, they still um, do. And we used to walk up the hill to the comic shop and hang out. And one time my dad took me in there. And it just happened to be one of the nights that everything was flipped over and covered with tables so that they could play D&D. And for a while, I was no longer allowed to go to Ground Zero because <laughs> it freaked <laughs> my dad out. Because um, like it was full on, like, this is the satanic panic, uh, right. 80s, mid-80s. Ki- these kids are going to try and touch my They're kids. They're summoning demons or something. Right. Yeah. Um, so that that's my earliest memories of, of Comic Shop is Ground Zero in Bellevue. But I also remember... Uh, they, they used to have those, like, um, those coupon packs they used to send in the mail, like sure. advantage coupons or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And one time there was a coupon in there for a free comic book from ground zeros, Omaha location, uh, which was on 50th and G at the time. Right. Uh, and I was like, I got it. Gotta free do it. Comic book. Gotta dad, do it. Please, dad, please take me to ground zero. Uh, and I, that was, it was like early nineties and it was some bullshit nonsense that they were giving away stacks of. Sure. Um, and, but I went in there thinking I'm going to get to pick any comic book I want. It's the best. And it's like, no, that's not the case. So they totally bamboozled me, but ground zero on 50th and G when I started to become a regular comic shop, uh, customer, uh, once I had a car and a job, that was my, that was my place. There it is. Until. I found Krypton Comics in the yellow pages. There you go. And the rest was sordid history. Thousands of years ago. Yeah. When Matt was a young man. All right. The mists of time, right? 1,000 years ago. There yesterday. was a shop down on South 72nd Street in La Vista called Star Realm. And I had only ever heard tale of the Star Realm. I had never been to the Star Realm, but some other nerds in my neighborhood talked about it like it was a magical place. And I was like, like I said, skateboarding a quick shop and buying, yeah. you know, the uh, comics off the spinner rack. They yeah. had like a Marvel and DC spinner rack. Or I'd go to Osco Drug. They had them there too mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the magazine rack. So begged and begged and begged and begged and begged, mowed lawns and crap, did everything I had to, saved up $25. Because I was going to fucking star realm i was gonna do it right and i walked in <laughs> with my dad and my dad was just like jesus christ <laughs> and i instantly felt at home i loved it the place was crawling with dorks there was long boxes on tables they had comics on the wall they they, they were a gaming shop too so they had yeah. like all like old you know D D gurps 
all that crap everywhere. And there were guys playing games and uh, like not a woman in sight. <laughs> you know, this was a fucking boys locker room. Yeah. And I fell in love and bought probably a third or fourth printing of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one while I was there. I spent all my money on one comic because I couldn't stop myself. I was just like, oh man, it's a collector's item. I was getting this bullshit off the spinner rack. Like, look at this thing. It's in a bag. It's in a board. You know, I was like, this, it's amazing. And it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, and, oh man, melted my brain. I love the Star Realm. I remember they, their back of the building yeah. was facing 72nd Street and you had to get off in like a viaduct and uh, go 84th. around. 84th. 84th. 84th, yeah. you're right. And it just said Star Realm and it had this super cheesy like. It was like a solar system. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was really poorly painted, you know. Oh, like, I always thought it looked beautiful. It, it was like an airbrushed van looking wasn't solar system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you just had to turn off on the side road yeah. to get to the front of the building. Oh, man. Um, we, Star Realm, baby. We lived in that area um, and so I always passed Star Realm you know, whenever we were going somewhere, uh, and uh, I never got to go in. I only ever got oh, to go in one time. It was the coolest, and it was uh, it was when Todd McFarlane had launched his own Spider-Man comic. Yeah, and the issue on the I remember it vividly. The issue on the rack was part one of that uh, uh, storyline where Wolverine shows up and they fight the Wendigo. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> um, another like super early. Uh, comic shop experience was page turners page turners books uh it's a bar now but there used to be a, a, a used bookstore on 50th and dodge called page turners they had another location uh on 84th and park drive no no it was frederick's it was frederick square where yeah. krypton was except yeah. it was like way in the back by the where the tattoo shops were yeah yeah and my aunt took me back there and, uh, one time and it was like dark and it's it's this like scary looking alley in the dark. And here is this bookstore with this huge comic room. And the great thing about page turners and it was the same for the Dodge location is that they had this huge room full of back issues and they were unbagged. Most of them were unbagged and it was like a sliding scale. So if it's like if the cover says 50 cents, you can have it for a quarter, <gasps> you know, or whatever. If it's a dollar, then it's 75 cents. And what if it's two dollars? Well, then it's like a dollar fifty or a dollar seventy five. I don't know. No, you lost I that. don't remember the scale, <laughs> but yeah. And that was like my first real experience with back issues. Like, yeah, you can find all that was the you thing can with, find old comics. That was the thing with Star Realm back issues. Man. Yeah, I walked in and was just like, I didn't know there was this many comics in the world. <laughs> oh man, killed I miss me. it. Killed yeah. me. Great times. Mark Phillips just said that there is a warehouse on Leavenworth that has the original Star Realm sign in it. He just saw it last week, and I said, oh, my God, we need to plan a caper. So <laughs> we will be breaking into a warehouse on Leavenworth Street this week, whether you like it or not, Joe Patrick. But right now, good. I need you to set up the new question of the week so we can get out of here. We're going to go meet our wives at the pool. Now, I need to remind you, I will not be here. Are you going to do the show? We'll, we'll figure it out. By yourself? We'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. I'll get Keith to do it or something. All right. The new question of the week was submitted by me via my brain. What is your favorite inaccurately named comic book? Okay. I have a couple examples. Superman Year One. It takes place over the span of several years. Right. Final Crisis. No, it was not. Not even close. <laughs> not even close. Nope. You get the idea. Yeah. So let's have some fun. Let's rap about stupid comic titles. Okay. Thank you to everybody that called in. Uh, again, apologize for all the stupid problems we had. We've, we've figured it out. 
Thank you so much for playing along. And uh, we don't have a show without you. We'll figure out what we're going to do next week. I might just force Joe Patrick to skip his brunch or something. Or maybe I'll come to brunch and we'll record live from there. That could be fun. So uh, for now, this is the Two-Headed Nerd. Signing off. Thank you.